0: portion of God's word that we will focus our attention on for a few minutes this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem in its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then, what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were, who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, He will be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock, our redeemer, our king. Amen. The list of Earthly rulers who have been evil and wicked. It's as long as it is wide. You don't have to study world history too long to find in the last century alone there's been some pretty pretty wicked ones. Names like Hitler and Stalin, Mao Zedong and Pol Pot. They're famous for a reason. They killed millions each millions upon millions, some tens of millions. They're they're wicked, wicked people, but Herod, he's right up there. He he may not be as famous as some of the the, the wicked rulers who have lived over the last century, but his atrocities were no less evil. We'll keep it PG today for the sake of the children who are with us. And, And you can look up Herod the Great if you'd like and read about some of the horrible things that he did. But I think this quote from Caesar Augustus, <clears throat> the same Caesar Augustus who issued the decree that brought, that brought Joseph and Mary to, to Bethlehem, he, he talked about Herod once. He said, It's safer to be that Herod's pig than his own son. Tells you all you need to know about King Herod. He was willing to do Whatever it took, and I mean whatever it took, to maintain his authority. And the crazy thing is, he was different from people like Hitler and Stalin and Mao and and Pol Pot. They all ruled over autonomous nations and had a considerable amount of, of power. Herod didn't. He was a puppet king. He had no authority Hardly any at all. He wasn't even as powerful as the governor who was ruling over Judea. And yet he would do whatever it took to, to cling to his authority, his puppet kingdom. People like, like Hitler and, and Stalin and Mao and Paul, they, they murdered people. Millions and millions of people, anyone who might be opposed to them, anyone who might be different from them, anyone who might stand in their way and, and keep them from ruling for a long time, they, they murdered, and for what? A couple of years of power? A couple of decades of power? They're all dead. What did they get out of it? Nothing. But, but here is, is the biggest head-scratcher of them all because he murdered his own children. He murdered these, these innocent children two-year-old boys and under in Bethlehem and the surrounding areas to maintain nothing. To keep hold of power that really was no power at all. To look at people that twisted, that evil, that wicked. It could be easy for us to, to sit up on our high horse and look down on them as these horrible people who are nothing like us. People that we have nothing in common with. And yet God's word has something else to say. In Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul is well into his his argument, showing that salvation is not something we do, it's something that God gives to us, a gift received through faith in the Christ, the the, the promised King of kings and Lord of lords. But by chapter 8, he's now describing the difference between the Christian, the one who clings to faith in Christ the King, As their Savior and Lord, and the one who doesn't. It's a contrast between the sinful nature, the sinful flesh that we're all born with, and the Spirit who dwells in the believer in Christ. Take a listen to some of these words from Romans chapter 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. The the Greek word used for hostile in that passage, the the sinful flesh, the sinful mind is hostile to God. It's, It's a word called ekthros, it's a word that's the exact opposite of love. So, so the sinful nature, not only does it not love God, it's the opposite of love toward God. It's hostile toward God. It has enmity toward God. The sinful mind, the sinful flesh, wants nothing to do with God. It doesn't want to submit to God, nor is it able to. Here it's problem was submitting to authority. He wanted to keep his authority for himself, meager though it was, but he wanted to hold on to what he had. And the Christ, the promised king of the Jews that the Magi came searching for, was someone who even Herod knew was supposed to be higher than him. And so when news catches Herod's ear that this Christ may have been born, he does everything he can to wipe out any possible boy who could be that king, who had a, would have authority over him, that the sinful flesh is hostile to God. It, it does not submit to God, nor is it able to. People like Hitler and Stalin and Mao and Paul and Herod, they all have one thing in common, but sadly it's something they have in common with us. It's a desire not to have an authority over us, The sinful nature inside of me, inside of you, hates the idea of the Christ, the king. Because if Christ is king, that means you are not and I am not. If Christ is king of kings and lord of lords, that means we are not the masters of our own universe. We don't get to decide when we live, and we don't get to decide when we die. And deep down, we hate that idea. We want control. We want to be the ones in charge, and as a result, We are enemies of God, ekthros, hostile to him. And if Jesus was like the kings of this world, you know what he would do with us. Just like Hitler and Stalin and Mao and Paul. Just like Herod. Anyone who's a threat to to authority, you wipe them out, you get rid of them. But Jesus is a different kind of king. He didn't come to wipe us out. He didn't come to exterminate his enemies. No, he came into this world, a different kind of king, who would take the sins of his enemies, the very transgressions that make us his enemies, he would take them on himself and become an enemy of himself, an enemy of his father in heaven and be killed, wiped out, exterminated in our place. Jesus is a different kind of king. He didn't come to to, to scratch and claw to hold on to a couple years of authority. He came and allowed himself to be treated as we deserve and then defeated the thing that ends the kingdom of every other king, death itself. What did Hitler and Stalin and Mao and Paul and Herod? What did they get? Nothing. All the evil, all the murder, it years for some, decades for others. And now they're all dead. But your king is not. Your king is alive. His kingdom is different. It's a kingdom of forgiveness, and it's a kingdom that never ends. We need to remember this because our deaths are still out in front of us and we don't know what kind of death it will be. History in our country tells us it will probably not be a martyr's death. There's a good chance that you do not die because of your faith in Jesus. But you could. It is possible that you, that I, could be killed simply because we are Christians. Christians. Because of who our king is, Jesus the Christ. But it's important for us to, to chew on the fact that Jesus' kingdom is different, that it's an eternal kingdom, because it helps us look at these little boys from Bethlehem in a different light. It'd be easy for us to, to read this section and to think a little Freddie, <laughs> he would have fallen into that category. All the boys, too and under, murdered by Herod's henchmen in an attempt to wipe out the Christ himself. But he failed. He couldn't. No one could could wipe out the Christ, not until it was time for him to win forgiveness for every man, woman, and child who would ever live. Those kids, those boys, they were murdered for the Christ. Their time of grace was cut short What we would think early, right? But you see, for those who are in Christ's kingdom, it doesn't matter if you're 2 years old or 10 or or in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s or even crack a 100. It doesn't matter if you die a, a martyr's death or die peacefully in your sleep tonight. The one who dies in Christ dies well. Doesn't matter how old the suffering that those boys may have endured had they lived longer in this life, it was over and they got to enter God's kingdom early. The same is true for you and the same is true for me. It doesn't matter when we die. It doesn't matter how we die. God is praised in the death of his saints no matter when they die. And so my prayer for you today is that you would go home one, one more time, focusing on the, the beauty of Christmas. The, the fact that Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, that his kingdom is different. It's a kingdom that doesn't end. And that that would impact how you view your own death, whenever it may come. And so go home today, not afraid to die, knowing that Christ's kingdom is a different kind of kingdom, that our king is a different kind of king. Praise be to him, King of kings, Lord of lords, our eternal Savior. Amen.